Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. It's Tuesday, June 27th. I'm Brian Dean Wright, former CIA operations officer. And this is The Wright Report. Hey, good day to you, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to The Right Report, your daily news podcast. I've got five briefs for you this morning that are shaping America and the world. First up, 17 million illegal migrants live in the United States. That is according to a new report out this morning. I've got the details plus what it means for America. Second, the White House offered up newly declassified material on the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, but there wasn't much material to read through. I'll explain why. Third, I've got two stories for you about climate change, one involving pizza ovens in New York City and the other coal plants in India. We'll talk about the connection. Fourth, the uh, aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan is in Vietnam today. We'll talk about why it is there. Finally, grab your passports because we are off to the country of Guyana this morning, a hidden gem in South America with some recently discovered oil. We're going to talk about how that will impact oil prices and alter climate change politics. Later, we close out the podcast with a question from uh, Jason in North Platte, Nebraska. He was asking me about Russian spy dolphins. Yes, they are real and we are going to talk about them. But folks, uh, before we get to our first report of the morning, breaking news out late last night about former President Donald Trump. There is an audio recording of him acknowledging that he had classified information amongst his belongings. But as he admitted, he didn't declassify that material when he was president. And that was bad that he would still have this material. And we can now hear him say it. We spoke of this back on June 12th, so I would definitely uh, suggest that you go back to that episode when we are done today. You can better hear the facts and data about this recording, plus my analysis. But if you can't, that's all right. We are going to be discussing it on tomorrow's show for sure. But briefly, folks, this is not good news for President Trump. Now, at the same time, this audio was clearly leaked by the Department of Justice, which only underlines the fact that this department has become an absolute partisan, dangerous cesspool, you know, that frankly, we need to talk about uh, getting rid of candidly. But nevertheless, more on that breaking news tomorrow. Until then, let's get to our top story of the morning. There are 17 million illegal migrants living in the United States. That is according to a new report from the Federation for American Immigration Reform, or FAIR. That is an organization that issues annual reports on the best guess of how many illegal migrants have managed to slip into America unlawfully over the years. And that number, 17 million, is up 16% since Joe Biden took office. Affair says that the reasons for the increase are four in total. First, there are ineffective or relaxed border patrol policies. 
Second, there has been a post-COVID hiring boom by U.S. companies needing these illegal workers. Third, we've got lots of sanctuary cities and sanctuary states that act as a magnet for illegals. And finally, America is not deporting as many people as we otherwise could, either because the Biden White House has shut down those efforts or lawsuits have stymied certain deportation laws. Now, I should note that the 17 million number is an estimate, right? There is another estimate from the Center for Immigration Studies. That one says that the number is around 12 million, while researchers at the Massachusetts Institute for Technology believe that the number is closer to 22 million. But whatever the ultimate number, we know that it is high and that it is bad. And here is part of the reason for why. Amongst the 17 million illegals, give or take, a record number coming across the border right now are on the U.S. terror watch list. It's so far this year, 125 people have been arrested for their terror connections. That is according to data released last week by the Customs and Border Protection. Historically, that number, folks, was in the single digits. We also know that as of April, around 10,000 Chinese nationals have been arrested at the southern border, with the vast majority, 8,300, being single adults. Right? That is about five times what we saw last year, which raises some pretty serious concerns that some of these people could be Chinese saboteurs secretly preparing for the upcoming war with Beijing if, in fact, that happens. Or at least that is the fear, as captured by the chair of the House Homeland Security Committee last week and some analysis that was provided back on June 16th by Newsweek magazine. So those are the facts and data this morning about new illegal numbers. Let me now pivot briefly, uh, folks, to my analysis and opinion. Folks, it took 19 hijackers to forever change the course of U.S. history on September 11th of 2001, right? Compare that number of 19 to the millions of people coming across the border, unvetted, uninvited, with 10,000 of them being Chinese nationals, and another 125 arrested for terror connections. Folks, you don't need to be a former CIA officer to know that that is bad. And regardless of your party, if you want that to change, folks, if you want those four things that I mentioned earlier around border policies and such to change, that is going to take different leadership in both the White House and on Capitol Hill, especially in the Senate. So keep this in mind, ladies and gentlemen, if this issue moves you. You have a chance to change leadership when you vote in next year's presidential election. With that, let's move on to our second brief of the morning. Late last Friday, the White House released a declassified report that was supposed to show what the U.S. intelligence community knows about the origins of the COVID-19 pandemic, specifically whether it originated in a Wuhan laboratory. But the new report didn't add much. It was four pages long with a one-page executive summary. And that's a shame because there is a lot that it should have addressed with much greater detail and intel. For instance, it should have covered what I spoke to you all about back on June 15th and June 21st, that there were three virologists at the Wuhan Institute of Virology who came down with COVID-like symptoms in the fall of 2019, including one man who led gain-of-function research for that lab on coronaviruses. Well, the new report from the U.S. intel community says only that it couldn't find a connection 
between those sick virologists and COVID-19. Although, as the Washington Post notes, China has not released any testing records related to those doctors and their sicknesses. In other words, there was no intel for the intel community to work with. Second, the report said that there is no proof that any of Wuhan's laboratories possess the SARS-CoV-2 strain that causes COVID-19. Although, once again, Chinese officials have never released an inventory of the coronaviruses that were being studied and tinkered with in late 2019. So, again, no intel for the intel community to work with. At any rate, you get the picture here, folks. Again and again in this report, the U.S. intelligence community claimed that it can't prove anything one way or the other because it doesn't have enough intel. That said, there was one remarkable finding. All U.S. intel agencies now believe that it is possible that the virus came from the Wuhan lab just as much as it is possible that it came from natural origins. In other words, coming from the bats or raccoon dogs and that is quite a change. Right Back in 2020, the U.S. government largely dismissed the lab leak theory, and so too did five of America's top virologists. In fact, they said it was implausible that COVID-19 could have been leaked from a lab in Wuhan. Well, that has now changed. All U.S. intel agencies believe it is possible that it happened with, in fact, the U.S. Energy Department and the FBI believing that it is the most likely origin of the pandemic, that Wuhan Virology Institute. One final piece of information for you on this. Republicans on Capitol Hill blasted this four-page intel report, saying that it is wildly lacking in details and specificity, uh, despite the fact that both were required by law. In fact, they compared it to their own report, which was 329 pages long, and that came to the conclusion that COVID-19 almost certainly came from that lab in Wuhan because of, quote, systemic negligence from Chinese scientists and government incompetence, end quote. Let me now pivot briefly, folks, to my opinion and analysis, and I will simply tell you this. I know when the intel community is trying to bury something and a four-page report on a complicated issue like this is burying the issue. Now, I suspect that it is because the Biden administration is trying to repair and manage its relationship with Beijing. And the last thing it wants right now is something that complicates that, which, to be very clear, in this case is the truth. With that, let's move on to our third brief of the morning. For this next one, I want to give you two different stories, and I want you to tell me what your opinion and analysis might be, the connection between the two. You ready? All right, here's the first. According to the New York Post, officials in New York City have drafted rules that will require all pizzerias with coal and wood fire ovens to reduce their carbon emissions by 75%. All right, that's going to mean they're going to have to buy and install special filters in their exhaust systems, plus pay for ongoing cleaning and inspections of these systems to ensure that the filters are properly working. One pizzeria owner noted that such filtration systems generally run around $20,000, it appears annually, which includes cleaning, maintenance, and, well, other things every few weeks. For what it's worth, the New York's uh, Department of Environmental Protection said that these new rules will help address global climate change and help improve air quality in the city. 
All in all, about 100 restaurants will be affected by this new proposed rule. All right, that is the first bit of news. Here's the second. The country of India announced late last week that they would be adding new coal power plants both this year and for years to come. Indian Power Minister Raj Kumar Singh said late last Thursday that his nation has 27 gigawatts of coal power under construction with another 24 gigawatts in the planning stages. By the way, for reference, one gigawatt is about enough power to give, well, enough power to 750,000 American homes. So we're talking about a lot of power. Plus, he said, quote, we will build more coal capacity if required, end quote. By the way, that is all according to Bloomberg News. So, my friends, what is your opinion and analysis on this? Right, Because on one hand, we've got new regulations on pizza ovens in New York City, costing 100 businesses about $20,000 a year, all for climate change and to clean the air a bit. And then on the other hand, we've got India, who is adding enough coal to power, well, about 20 million U.S. homes. That is, if my math is right. Well, whatever your views on these two stories, here's what I think. First, well, I'll be honest with you. I think I'm ready for a slice of pizza. Second, I'm ready also for a serious conversation about climate change. Because no serious person thinks that carbon scrubbers on some pizza parlors is going to do a darn thing to save the planet. Especially as places like India and China and others march so clearly in the other direction, adding all sorts of carbon emissions. Now, maybe it's going to clean some air in New York City. I don't know. But it certainly won't save the planet. With that, let's take our first break of the morning. Enjoy the following messages from our sponsoring partners, remembering that if you don't hear my voice telling you about a product or service, then I don't endorse it. We'll be right back. Folks, there are two things that I speak a lot about on The Right Report. First, we live in a troubled world, especially with China and the prospect of war with Beijing. Second, I talk about America's obesity crisis and how important it is to find ways to exercise and eat well. Thankfully, I've got a solution for both. ArcSeedKits.com, a provider of high-quality heirloom seeds that give you food security and a healthy body. Now, some of you have asked me, Brian, why should I pay a premium for heirloom seeds when I can buy cheaper stuff from online outlets or big box stores? Well, Arc Seed Kits give you the type of seeds that our grandparents had, right? You can save seeds from each year's garden crop and replant them year after year. Plus, Arc Seed Kits have all of the variety you need, folks. Listen to this. Six types of beans, four types of squash, seven tomatoes, two corn, two peas. Woo! Don't even get me started on the root crops, like beets and rutabaga and carrots. So all in all, we're talking about 65 varieties of fruits and vegetables. And here's the best part. These seeds come from a family-owned farm in northern Michigan. No mystery seeds that you might get from an online or big box store. So do yourself a favor and buy the all-in-one seed kit. Go to arcseedkits.com. That's arc, like Noah's Ark, arcseedkits.com. Enter right as a promo code, that is W-R-I-G-H-T, and you will get 10% off your order. So be prepared and invest in food security. Go to arcseedkits.com today. 
Welcome back to The Right Report. Let's continue with our briefs this morning with a pivot towards international news. First, the USS Ronald Reagan, an American aircraft carrier, docked in the Vietnamese city of Da Nang on Sunday. It is only the third time since the end of the Vietnam War that an aircraft carrier has stopped in Vietnam for a port call. The first time was back in 2018 and then again in 2020. According to the South China Morning Post and the U.S. Navy, the visit is designed to, quote, reinforce our partnership and commitment to confronting shared challenges in the maritime domain, end quote. Which, if I can just translate Navy for you, that means that we are there because of China, right? In fact, over the past couple of months, Beijing has stepped up patrols in the South China Sea, blocking Vietnam from its oil and fishing claims. And that has made Hanoi very cranky. So this visit by the USS Reagan is Vietnam's way of sending a pretty clear message to Beijing. At least that's according to the assessments made by both the South China Morning Post and Reuters News Service, which, by the way, added that the USS Reagan will stay through Friday of this week. And they plan on delivering a concert with the traveling Navy band, plus some culinary exchanges. Delicious. So, folks, if I can pivot to my analysis this global conflict that we have with China, it's creating some odd bedfellows, doesn't it? To include the communists who run Vietnam. And just like the last Cold War, this Cold War II might require us to pinch our noses as we deal with some otherwise unsavory countries. With that, we've got one more brief this morning. And for this one, get out those uh, maps, folks, and your passports because we are off to a country that we have never been to before. But it is becoming important on the world oil scene with important implications for both our pocketbooks and climate change politics. So folks, we are off to the country of Guyana this morning. Now, if you have no idea where that's at, you are to be forgiven, right? It is a tiny nation in South America, just east of Venezuela, north of Brazil, it's a former British colony with actually very few people, around 780,000, give or take. But my goodness, do they have a beautiful country. Seriously, if you have a chance, do a little internet searching on Guyana. It is just gorgeous, mostly jungle with some beautiful rivers and waterfalls and beaches. And as it turns out, a whole bunch of oil. Right back in 2015, a consortium that was led by ExxonMobil discovered billions of barrels of oil just offshore, with revenues predicted to be upwards of $170 billion for the government of Guyana, which is quite something in a country that has an annual budget of $1.4 billion. Now, there is some pretty serious debate about whether Guyana got a good deal from ExxonMobil, but regardless, this tiny country is now attracting some pretty big attention, namely from the oil cartel, OPEC+. And that, ladies and gentlemen, takes us to our news this morning. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that both the Saudi government and OPEC cartel officials are trying to convince Guyana to join OPEC to help them better manage the world's oil supply. And by that, I really mean control the price of oil for the benefit of fellow members. But here's what's interesting. Guyana is refusing. And the reason why is climate change. Listen to this. Here's what the vice president of Guyana said, Mr. Jagdeo. Quote, right now, 
The idea uh, is to get as much of the oil out of the ground as quickly as possible, given that we are not sure of the window that we have in the future, end quote. So in other words, he's speaking of the fears that there could be less demand for oil because of climate change policies, which would obviously limit its use and production. So Guyana is on this mad scramble to pump as much oil and as fast as they possibly can, with more than 11 billion barrels sitting below their claim on the ocean floor. Right? That, of course, is throwing off OPEC's plans if they want to pump out these 11 billion barrels. And that's because OPEC is trying to limit production right now. And that's why they're doing their level best to change Guyana's mind, including lots of official trips from both Saudi officials and OPEC. All right, with that, let me now pivot from facts and data. All right, I'm going to offer up my quick opinion and analysis on this. Isn't it interesting? In fact, shall we say a great irony, right, that climate change policies have created this particular reaction in Guyana, right? Drill, baby, drill. To me, it puts into further perspective the ultimate futility of government plans all around the world, uh, you know, trying on one hand to limit carbon emissions, like on pizzerias or other things we've discussed, like slaughtering methane burping cows. All the while, governments like Guyana and India, well, they're going to do what's best for them. Right? And that means, ladies and gentlemen, if you are concerned and consumed with this issue of climate change, and if you're really looking for solutions, it's not about cows, it's not about pizzerias, it's about something called carbon capture and sequestration. I'm going to bring you a brief on that another time. But in short, it involves sucking carbon dioxide out of the air and converting it into another form, usually liquid. And then we take that liquid And generally speaking, it is injected deep into the ground. But nevertheless, we'll come back to that during another brief. The point is this. If we're trying to find solutions to this problem, carbon capture and sequestration, that makes a whole lot more sense as a solution, certainly while countries like Guyana are tapping their oil riches, right? Targeting pizzerias, that does not make any sense at all. With that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude this morning's episode of The Right Report. But I've got one more thing before I let you go. So enjoy this next break, remembering that if you don't hear my voice on these next messages, I don't endorse it. We'll be right back. Welcome back to The Right Report with one more thing before I let you go. Jason out in North Platte, Nebraska, wrote in asking if I had seen reports about Russia's spy dolphins. And the answer is, yes, Jason, I have. All right, let's tell people about it. According to British intelligence, the Russian military has apparently expanded its spy dolphin program that it operates in Crimea on the Black Sea. And they believe that this is happening because the uh, the number of dolphin holding pins has doubled from April through June, although it's not clear how many more dolphins are actually involved. Now, you're probably wondering, why would the Russians want to use these dolphins? Well, there are probably three purposes. First, these dolphins might be used to actually kill human divers, such as U.S. or Ukrainian special forces who might try to infiltrate the harbor and sabotage Russian warships. And here's what's interesting. These dolphins can be trained to do that. 
Second, the dolphins might instead sound an alarm to their human handlers once they see or sense a U.S. or Ukrainian diver, much like a dog might start barking when they hear or see someone in the yard that they don't know. And yes, dolphins can be trained to do this as well. Finally, dolphins are excellent at finding underwater mines. All right, They can be trained to both find them and, here's the bonus, avoid setting them off. By the way, the U.S. has this exact same kind of program with not only spy dolphins, but spy sea lions too. Right? The U.S. Navy trains them down in San Diego and has since the 1950s. But I'll tell you, my favorite spy animal story has to be the CIA's acoustic kitty. Seriously. During the Cold War, my old colleagues at the CIA tried to turn a cat into a portable, non-alerting listening device. Right? So here was the idea. A surgeon implanted a very tiny microphone in a cat's ear, and then they implanted a radio transmitter at the base of the skull. Then there was an antenna that was built into the cat's fur. Now, the hope was that this kitty could be trained to then sit near a, a foreign target, maybe a, a diplomat or something. And the target wouldn't think twice about sharing secrets as they sat next to this very sweet little kitty. Well, the CIA and its surgeons put together this acoustic spy kitty. Only one, actually. And that's because they took this one kitty to a park and they tried to get it to sit next to uh, two men who were sitting on a bench. But unfortunately, the cat uh, ran into a nearby street and uh, it was promptly turned into a kitty pancake uh, by a speeding taxi. So that ended that particular operation, obviously. So let's hope that the dolphins and the sea lions have a different fate. But I'll tell you... Spying is a hard business, so dolphins out there, Godspeed, break a leg or a, a fin. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, we conclude your morning brief. As always, I will see you tomorrow, God willing. Until then, I leave you with the creed of every good spy and every wise American. They're the words from the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 32. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Good day. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. You know you Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.